Listen, I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to keep it authentic. You can transform your life with holistic approaches to wellness. You can rejuvenate your mind, your body, and your soul through this personalized nutrition and organic product that I offer. You'll feel vibrant and energized while living a lifestyle that nourishes you from the inside out. You can truly discover the power of optimal nutrition. I help people eat, move, and feel better. And that's all that matters. Healthy mind, healthy heart, healthy soul. Hit me up. Let's get on a call. Let's talk. I'd love to help. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Ascension Show. Thank you so much for coming. Hope you're having a wonderful day so far. Right now, I'm in Buenos Aires, Argentina, and we're making a podcast happen. Today, I'm joined by my friend Sarah, and we are going to talk a little bit about self-care and self-love on the show. So, Sarah, why don't you give yourself a little introduction here? Hello, all. My name is Sarah. I'm a rising senior at University of North Carolina Wilmington studying environmental sciences, very important, and Spanish language, also very important. I met Steven for this trip, and we are having a blast here in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Yeah, I would agree. We're having a lot of fun. Uh, We're getting to know each other pretty well, and we have a great group, I would say. Uh, Big compliments to you, Sarah, for your Spanish. It's very good, even though it's not your first, first language, and you have a great dialect, a great accent. Thanks so much. So actually, one of my first Spanish professors in middle school is from Argentina, so I'm a little bit familiar with the dialect. But yeah, it's definitely different here. It's very different. Yeah, dialect is very unique. Uh, It's quite the uh, challenge for me because I grew up speaking Spanish, like Mexican ghetto Spanish. Mexican Spanish. Yeah, Mexican Spanish, Spanglish. And then Argentina has a very unique way of speaking. Very fast-paced and very checha sounding. Yeah. I, I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. So let's let's just jump let's jump right in. So so tell me exactly why like what what about self love kind of what what about it made you want to talk about it have a conversation? I think for me it's something that I've struggled with for a very long time and as a woman in modern times it's something that a lot of us struggle with and not not just women everyone but I think especially for young women, it's it's something that's a big struggle, and it's very important to learn about, and it's very important to keep up with. I would say I would say young people in general, it's mm-hmm. a little bit hard because there's a lot going on. There's a lot of things on young people's plates, and especially with I think a lot of it has to do with our phones and instant access to the entire world, basically. The social media aspect. Yeah, it just kind of opens the Pandora's box for a lot of anxiety and self-comparison and like fear of missing out and stuff. And then when you start comparing yourself, it makes it a little bit difficult to love yourself. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think that, like I said, the social media aspect has like a huge part. I've actually done a lot of research like throughout high school and college about how social media really impacts us negatively sometimes if we spend too much time on it looking at things that aren't necessarily real you know everything's edited and that has a really detrimental effect on our mental health sometimes you know yeah and it's important to kind of 
curate your social media so that it can be things of, that are more positive and that are more expansive for your mindset. And I think once you can start to change that thinking pattern in your brain about how you should have social media set up, then it can help you detach from that, you know, black hole of self-comparison and anxiety. And I think self-love really starts from within. You really have to change your mind and realize that for people to love you, you need to love yourself too. And it's really, it's really a gift to be able to love yourself because you can internally and externally accept who you truly are. Yeah, and I think especially, like you said, you have to love yourself first because if you can't love yourself, how are you supposed to give love to somebody else? So in turn, like if you're looking for love or just looking for relationships, whether it's romantic or friendships, like you have to be able to trust yourself and love yourself so that you can give that to other people also. Yeah, and and there's just something more enjoyable about life when you can accept yourself and, and love who you are because then you you're like you said you can give that love onto other people and even strangers is something that I've noticed with my experience is when I allowed myself to love myself then it allowed me to love other people a lot easier because I was just I wasn't so tense all the time and I could just give that energy to other people because you're vibrating at that state of mind. Yeah, and I think, you know, being through COVID recently, like, a lot of us were alone, like, completely alone or isolated, whether, you know, we were with our families or not, we were still isolated, and we went through that dark time, and it was hard to keep up with that self-care, self-love, giving it to other people in general, you know? So I think it's just been hard times recently, but we got to keep on chugging, man. Yeah, and that's that's uh, I think that's important just like just to keep moving forward uh, because it, it can be really difficult during times of uncertainty. There's a lot of uncertainty in today's world, um, like you said, with everyone being locked, you know, with their family or some people just being alone, and that's really hard mentally because we're such social creatures. But I think the concept of just keeping your head forward and not being too fixated on the past and the, you know, so-called struggles that you have is really important. And I think something else that also I have really learned to indulge myself in and really accept um, is therapy. Everyone can use a therapist, um, whether you think you do or not. Um, I've been in and out of therapy for years now since I was a kid, and I've finally gotten back into it as of last year in college because I was struggling a little bit and you know she's she's helped me a lot and she's just taught me to really take care of myself and just practice self-care like whether it's having some me time or buying something for myself or going to the beach and sitting there for a few hours by myself or working out or cooking myself a meal just little things like that they're just so important to you know keep your mindset good and healthy. Yeah, I think it's very interesting, the concept behind having those conversations about your mental patterns with someone coming from a professional point of view, because they they offer you something that your friends and your family don't offer, and they can give you advice that's a little bit more, it's not that they don't love you, but when someone loves you, they'll, they'll give you a bit more heart-to-heart 
advice, but I feel like a therapist can give you pretty logical advice. I've never personally been in therapy. My therapy is like going to the beach or being by myself or expressing my thoughts in my journal or jujitsu. Jiu-jitsu. I was getting to that one. <laughs> Um, but I didn't want to be oh jujitsu guy. Jujitsu guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think also like like Stephen said, your family and friends can kind of sugarcoat it or you know be biased. But coming from a professional medical viewpoint, you know a therapist can tell you what's up straight up. You know, tell you what you need to hear sometimes, which might not always be sugarcoated. Yeah. Um. And so. If what what's your reason for going in and out of therapy rather than just being consistent with it throughout the years? I think a lot of times, you know, I feel like I'm getting better, um, and that's okay. It's okay to stop sometimes, um, but you know, you you feel like you're getting better. You feel like you don't need to talk as much to somebody in that way, or you feel like you have a really good support system, so you stop going. And like I said, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I do think it is much better to be consistent um, just to build that relationship with a therapist, whether it be online or in person or whatever it may be. Um, but just ha- building that relationship, really trusting that person, them getting to know you and your the people that are in your life and your mannerisms and your tendencies, you know, it's, it's really important to be consistent with it. Um, but yeah, just being out of it, just it was... You know, it's a roller coaster, right? Life is a roller coaster, so. Life is a roller coaster, and it comes in waves. Um, so I guess this question kind of popped into my head while you were explaining, you know, your therapy in and out of therapy. Where do you think anxiety comes from? Like, what do you think the source of anxiety is? For me, childhood. Childhood. Oh, that's a good one. Childhood is, molds us into what we are as an adult completely, Um and also not not just our family, but our friends, people that we have relationships with. You know, we're all traumatized and scarred by different things. Um, I, I think that for me, a lot of my anxiety comes from my childhood. And that is something that um, I've learned to accept and deal with. And I, you know, I think it's important to just learn what your triggers might be or like how to cope with it, how to relax. And there again comes self-care. Bringing self-care is a complete, enormous help for my anxiety. Um, just just loving yourself and, yeah, knowing knowing what causes anxiety. That That is one step that will just start you off to be better, you know. Yeah, and I, I've said this on a different episode before in terms of, like, thinking patterns. I think the first thing that will ignite a change is your awareness of that specific thing so if you're like I think the example I used was how if you're not really thinking very positive things about yourself the first thing you can do to change it is actually just become aware and once you're aware of it you'll realize the actual detrimental effects that it has so I feel like at least the first part of overcoming anxiety is is just being aware that anxiety exists and being aware of what exactly where your anxiety comes from because everybody is is different and nobody's anxiety and mental patterns are the same um and i think the childhood is is a good one because like you said it molds us into who we are and then those kinds of 
that kind of energy that we store within us becomes expressed when it's triggered, like you said. And so I feel like through practices such as, you know, you can journal, you can meditate, you can contemplate these thoughts. You can even, you can even start to make patterns when you, you can not notice the patterns if you're aware. And so I feel like overcoming it is just um, the awareness of wanting a healthier mind. I think also being aware, to add on to that, also being aware of the fact that everyone struggles with mental health It's and that you're not alone and that there are resources for you to utilize everywhere. You just have to look for them and like be, you know, aware of that thing. You can, you can find help, you can help yourself and you shouldn't, you should try your best not to dwell on it and I know it's easier said than done, but once you start actively looking for those resources and for that stability, it really just, you know, you just move on so quickly. Yeah, and and something I've noticed is something that I've had with personal experience is, so anxiety, from my point of view, is one, not being present, and two, not accepting and uh, working through those unprocessed emotions that you have so one it's being in a state of acceptance of what had happened happened and that actually what happened was for you it like it didn't happen to you but it happened for you so it's kind of a mental reframe that you have to make and realize that that thing was actually good because it made you the person that you are today and it actually made you into a better person so it's the mental reframing that you have to do on those specific events that you hold within yourself and then accepting those as 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 just what it is and then the next one is just being present because when you are having thought patterns of anxiety and you're feeling very anxious your mind is not actually fixated on the present moment you're actually within your own mind contemplating those certain factors back in the past or hypothetical scenarios that could happen in the future and you're fixated on that and a lot of times when I notice people uh, I do it too. Like when you're having a bit of a spur of anxiety, you're going to tap your finger or you're going to bounce your foot. But that's because you're you're actually trying to dispel that energy that's stored within your body. And so if you can just practice being present, you can do that through meditation and, and just being aware. And then also ex- allowing your, you have to allow yourself to accept what had happened. Then you can overcome that anxiety. That repetitive thought process would be called spiraling, which a lot of us anxious people know. We know this. It's it's very common. It's hard to avoid. I, for one, I bite my nails. I've done it for as long as I can remember. Um, and one thing that helps me, I go get my nails done. One, it's self-care. Two, I can't bite them. So that's something. And I think also anything that has to do with focusing on your breath Um, anything like meditation, like Steven said, doing some yoga, just doing a simple breathing exercise. Um, one thing that my therapist taught me is looking at your hand, you go in and you breathe in up your finger down and breathe out down your finger and you do that for your whole hand and it really helps. It's wonderful. Very calming. Yeah. And, and to piggyback off of that, I notice when I'm having a spur of anxiety and I'm kind of spiraling. I notice that I'm actually way out of tune for my breath. Like, you're supposed to, 
hypothetically, in the best way to, to breathe, to optimize your, your respiratory uh, function, you should be placing your tongue on like the tip of your mouth where your two front teeth are and like close your jaw because then that kind of close your mouth off because ideally you're supposed to breathe through your nose and your nasal cavity um, because when you breathe through your nose, you're, that's the natural state. When you're breathing through your mouth, you're actually um, implying to your body that you're in danger um, because mouth breathing is a form of sympathetic nervous system. You don't really mouth breathe unless you're like running really fast and you have to gasp for air. Um, and that stems from our ancestors when they were like running from a bear. And when you, yeah, it's, it's funny, but it's running true. Running from a bear. Yeah. Um, but if you think about it, when you're practicing meditation, you're supposed to only breathe in through your nose. And that's because it helps activate your parasympathetic nervous system and that, that, that calm state of mind. So when I'm going down those negative spirals, I always realize that my tongue is out of place because your tongue will help, you know, promote the nasal breathing. And I also notice that I'm just, my breath is so short. I'm not taking deep breaths. I'm not filling my lungs with air. Like it's deep breaths. And when you can hone in on those deep breaths and just focus on, okay, I need to be present right now and just focus on what's in front of you, then that kind of those negative thoughts kind of cease to exist for me after practice at least. Right. Right. And I think the bear thing made me laugh, but I think if you're running and you're running and you're gasping for air, like think about how like tired you feel. So don't, <laughs> don't breathe yeah. through your mouth. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> if you're trying to relax, just focus on your breath. Like Steven said, fix your tongue, breathe your through your tongue. nose. Yeah. It's called, it's called mewing for people who, don't know m-e-w-i-n-g look it up it's cool stuff mewing yeah it's it's cool stuff and actually so when you're practicing mewing over time you're actually going to like make the best version of your jaw that you can because your tongue is actually in the proper posture so if you think about it if you're having a bad back posture your posture is going to be messed up your shoulders are going to be rolled forward you're going to have back pain it's not physically emotionally mentally optimal to you know, have a slouch back. Same thing with your tongue. So if your tongue's in the right spot, you know, where it should be all the time, then you'll be breathing right. And it will help with the, the kind of thought patterns that you have because you're not breathing through your mouth. Um, so yeah, interesting stuff. Very interesting stuff. Yeah. And you can really tell when you start to pay attention who breathes through their mouth and who breathes through their mouth a lot, who, who's a good nasal breather because of the way that their jaw is structured. And actually, if you are breathing through your nose, your lips will be fuller because your mouth is closed. No one likes a mouth breather. No, no one likes a mouth <laughs> breather. And no one likes someone who snores. Yeah, that's that's not fun. No. Personally, I sleep talk. Oh, oh, no, so do I. I actually woke up the other night, woke up my, I said something to my roommate and I realized she was sleeping, but I said something to her in my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> one time, one time my roommate in college when we were in the dorms, it was like the morning, he was like, bro. You were sleep talking last night, and then all of a sudden you started yelling in Spanish. And I was like, bro, I'm so sorry. En <laughs> Espanol. En Espanol. That's funny. Yeah, that is funny. But um, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on to the show. This is my first podcast in person, actually. 
Your first podcast in person. In person. Yeah, they're, they're on Zoom, but this is my first podcast in person. I am honored. Yeah, you should you should be honored. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Um, one thing I like to do before I close out the show is ask the people who come on if there was one thing that you could share to the whole world. If the whole world is listening right now, what would you say? Just one thing. Give yourself a hug right now. Really, really squeeze. Like wrap your arms around yourself. Give yourself a hug and tell yourself, I love you. It's important. Yeah, you should do it every once in a while. Try it. It sounds stupid, but it's like one of those like affirmations, like one of those mirror affirmations. But you're doing it to yourself. You're giving yourself some love, you know. So if you don't have anyone around you, just do it yourself. Mic drop. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on, Sarah. Have a good day, everyone. Peace.